Ghost keeps taking me in another direction every Wednesday when I'm studying, so I'm going to go over that first. There's just things he wants me to emphasize before we get into the gifts because there's a tendency to magnify the gifts and not the giver. So I want to read this. Let me just start off. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, Now concerning spirituals, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. You know you were a Gentile. The word Gentile is the Greek word gohim. It means without God. You know you were without God. Carried away unto dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one who speaks by the Spirit or the Holy Ghost calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. There's the differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There's differences of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one, that's to one person, is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith. And we're going to stop. We're going to be on this one tonight. Faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning spirits. To another, divers or different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now look at verse 11. But to one and the same Spirit, each one individually as he wills. Underline the word he in your Bible. I'm going to say something here, and I want you to listen to me. He is a person. You're walking around right now with another person inside you. That is major. That's a major thing. And, and um, the, the more I study this out... Um, the more I'm beginning to realize that the Holy Ghost in me doesn't like everything I do and say and watch on TV. Now, we're talking holiness, but, but let's stop for a minute and think about this because he, keep, he keeps bringing me back to this issue. Somewhere along the lines, we've we got a mindset, come to Jesus and go to heaven. That's true. It's, that's not an untruth. But, but the fact that most people never think God is inside me. And he is in my brain. He knows what I'm thinking. He listens to my words. He's walking around with me everywhere that I go. I will tell you a story now about the gifts of the Spirit. When I first got born again, um, I, I told you I got, a, I, I got a job at Certainty and God got me out of the house I lived in. No heat, no air condition, nothing in that house. And I moved into a little mobile home. cost me $100 a month for the mobile home. Now I made $125 a week. So that's roughly a fourth of my income to pay rent. That's about right. And God began to deal with me to move to the apartment complex called Cathwood Apartments and to get out of that mobile home and to move into something nicer. But the apartment was $165 a month 
which is almost twice my month's, um, um, two, almost two weeks paycheck. That's, that's a lot to pay for rent. And so, um, I, I, and I know he was leading me to do it, but I couldn't justify where am I going to get the money to live here. Now, let me stop you for a second. God will often lead you where it appears to you to be impossible. In other words, if everything you're doing that God leads you to do, you can do it. It's probably not God. He's going to ask you to do things like you walk up to a Red Sea and cross it, and you're going, well, I'll drown. So a lot of people don't like that about God is that he'll lead you to do things that are very uncomfortable for your flesh. So I decided to fast and pray. And so I spent three days fasting and praying. And as I was walking around the apartment complex, because my mother had already moved over to the apartments, and I'm still living in a mobile home about on the other side of Athens, completely the other side of town. And so I'm walking around, and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm just walking around praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. And out of my mouth came English, but it wasn't, it wasn't interpretation. I was not. It came out so fast it could not have come through my mind, but it was English. And I'm walking around, came out, and these words came out, I'm the breath of life. And it came out in English, and it hit me, he's in me. And it hit me that if he is in me, I can do this. And, and so that was, I guess it's tongues interpretation, I guess. But, but through that, I, I knew to move. I knew I could make the move. Now, the good news is that's the place that I became the maintenance man, and in a year I got out of debt, completely out of debt. That, the God prospered me in that place that I thought was going to cost me. I, I would not be able to, to live there. So um, through that, um, God moved me, and, and, and he blessed me. Um, but but it, was through, it was through, well, it was through the gifts of the Spirit, but, but when he said, I'm in you. And I think sometimes we live our lives... We pray this way. Oh, God. Like, you know, when, when you ask people, where's God? They say heaven. He's, he's not. He's inside you. And, and I think that, now let me say something right now. We're, I'm going to read some scriptures in a minute, and I'm not saying this because I want y'all to get depressed. We need to talk about grieving the Holy Ghost. It's possible for him to be grieved living in you because he don't like what you're doing. I didn't say he didn't love you. He didn't like what you do. Have you all ever kind of done something and you're like, you feel bad. You're like, oh, man. Yeah. No, that's, he's in there going, ah. And I think that we need to pay attention to that because if you start going, well, we're learning all about the gifts of the Spirit I think he really wants you to learn about and walk with him and work with him and let the gifts kind of take care of themselves. But I want to read something that Renner wrote in uh, the Sparkling Gems, June. And I was reading this, I think, today or yesterday, and boy, did it speak to my heart. Um, Just let me read it. Imagine the emotions of a young man who discovers someone has captured the heart of his sweetheart. That's the same feeling James is describing when he wrote, the spirit that dwells in us 
lusteth to envy. Have you ever read that and wondered what's that mean? In the last two sparkling gems, we've seen how the Holy Spirit dwells in us and passionately yearns for us. But today, let's look at the word envy to see what it means. The word envy comes from the Greek word um, pathanos, which is frequently used in literature in the New Testament period and able us to know precisely what it means. It means jealousy, an emotion so strong that it tends towards taking vengeance on someone. The young man who lost his lover feels jealous and has a deep desire for his former relationship to be restored. He also most likely bears malice toward the romantic thief. Okay, let's stop right here. Any of y'all ever had a romantic bout or jealousy bout? Little, Some of y'all are like, not me. Okay. Well, if you haven't lately, then think back to high school when you lost your girlfriend or your boyfriend, okay? Okay. You th- we've all had our times when someone broke up or you've had problems at home with your marriage. And if you've ever, you know, and this is not true for everybody, but if you've been married to someone who started seeing someone else, it, it is rough. And the world will look at you and say, well, love's not jealous. Yeah, it is. You better believe it is, sweetheart. You know, people, somehow or another, people think that you shouldn't have emotions when your spouse is being unfaithful. You ought to get real emotional. Now, I'm going to say something here. I'm on tapes, but, but i got to be nice. People come to me with marriage problems and a spouse that's unfaithful. And I say to them, don't, don't ask me. Because I'm going to tell you what I think. Throw them out. I don't, I, don't, I don't think this is a game. I spent years trying to change a spouse that didn't want to change. And what happens is you start disrespecting yourself. And learn this, no self-respecting person would put up with that. And, and you say, well, I shouldn't be so angry. Yeah, you should. Boy, this is a nice church tonight. And, I, and, I, and, and sometimes, I think sometimes people get goofy because what I did, and I'm going to tell you what I did because we're on this subject. I kept reading the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind, love hardly notices. And I was taking scriptures out of context. And finally the Lord said to me one day, said, sign the papers. My God, I need you. Get on with your life. And he really got mad at me for, for trying to fix something. You know, and, and that's that when, when, they, when, when they've left, they've left. And uh, they hate to lose. If they, if they have a good thing. I mean, if they're getting free rent and free whatever, they're going to stay there. It's like feeding a dog. I didn't say that, did I? So don't, be, don't, be, don't, don't, don't think it's odd when they get upset at you that you finally put your foot down because they will. But, but that's, someone says, well, what about forgiveness? When there's real repentance... Yes. Boy, okay. I'm not talking remorse. There's remorse because you got caught. 
Repentance means you're turning from sin and you're paying the price to win you back. If that's not there, front door, lock it, change the locks, call the law, buy a gun. Whatever you need to do. And I wish someone had sat me down and talked to me when I was going through all my junk. Okay, is that y'all okay? We're reading that God is like this. He is like this. And that's one of the things that it says, do not grieve the Holy Ghost. He, he don't like everything. He, we, you know, well, let's use another one. In the book of James, it says, you adulterers and adulteresses, don't you know friendship with the world makes you the enemy of God? What, what do you think God feels when the church he redeemed and married is flirting and playing in the world? It's a big subject. And we've, we've created all kind of doctrines that we're not under the law. The heck you aren't. <laughs> Are y'all okay? I'm trying to smile and oh, nine yards. But there are times when you're patient with people and kind, but there are times when you go, I don't think so. Um, anyway, I, I said that, uh, do what you want to with it. And if the Lord tells you otherwise, then do what he tells you to do, not what I told you to do. That's why I don't counsel people. Because I say, you don't want me to tell you what I would do. Because once you've been through it, you will never do that again. Never do it again. There's a lot of fish in the sea. Okay. Mike, you breathing? I'm agreeing with it. I'm good. I'm good. I, I love it. I love it. Um, now, there are people who, who would get all mad at me for saying that, I'm, and I'm good. I've had people mad at me before. It's not, it's not my first rodeo. Okay. The word envy comes from the Greek word, which frequently is used in literature, enabling us to know precisely what it means. The word Pathanos means jealousy, an emotion so strong it tends toward taking vengeance on someone. The young man who lost his lover feels jealous and has a deep desire for his relationship to be restored, and he likely bears some malice towards the romantic thief. He is envious of the relationship that replaced the one he used to have and one he loves and desires to have again. Don't go kill the other guy. That's not, don't go to jail for it. This should make James 5.4 clear. The Holy Spirit is a lover. He's preoccupied with us. He wants to possess us totally. And he passionately desires our affections to be set on him. When we walk and talk like an unbeliever and we give our life to natural pursuits, the Holy Spirit feels like a lover who has been robbed. He feels jealous for his relationship with us to be restored. And he has divine malice toward the worldliness that has upsurped his roles in your life he's filled with a godly envy to see you back where you should be when you put all these three words together dwelleth lust with envy this paints quite a picture the holy spirit is not a passive partner he aggressively and actively pursues you when we give place when we give a piece of ourselves to some thing things 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 or someone else's control he wants to seize it and bring it back under his divine control he even has godly malice toward our preoccupation with things with this in mind james 4 reads this way the spirit who has come to settle down make his home and permanently dwell in us is moving by an all-consuming, ever-growing, passionate desire to possess us. He is envious and filled with malice towards anything or anyone tries to take our place, our, his place in our lives. Um, 
It talks about, well, we live in a world, work in the world, and function as a human being in the world. There's, there is no way to get around that. Jesus did not pray that we would be removed from the world, but we would be kept from the world. There's nothing wrong with going to work, buying a house, purchasing a car, buying clothes. That's part of living an abundant life. They're not wrong unless they start consuming and preoccupy your thoughts. Let's not forget that all kinds of things can preoccupy your thinking. If we're called to the ministry, even, our, you know, this is a big deal because people think because they, 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 they say, my, my brother, my sister, my daughter, my son is called to the ministry. That doesn't take the place of your walk with God. And a lot of people think because I'm in the ministry that I'm reading my Bible, I'm preaching, I'm praying the whole nine yards. So I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to think about this. Just really think, think, think. If in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if you have not love, um, you, you become a sounding brass. And everything you do in life, everything, no matter what it is you do in life, and I don't care if you want a thousand people to the Lord and raise people from the dead, if you don't love God and people, your life is a zero. That's quite a statement, and he makes that. It's not, he didn't say that love replaces the gifts of the Spirit. He's not saying, I'm going to show you a better way than, than this tongue stuff. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to pray in the Spirit. I want you to desire spiritual gifts, but I want to show you a better way is to walk in love. Love should be the motivation, not the gifts. Now, when you got married, and, the, and I'm talking to the men now, you did things that she would see and notice you. You don't want her to love the ring more than you. That's why you gave her the ring. That's why you bought her a house. That's why you bought her a car. You're, a, you're drawing attention to yourself. God does things for you to draw attention to himself so you need to quit seeking things. I'm seeking healing. I'm seeking, the, I'm seeking a better life. I'm seeking a better life. Well, listen, why don't you seek God? Because if you've lost your joy, you're not seeking God. That's a heavy statement. Okay. So much for holiness. Are y'all okay with all that? Okay. I don't care if you are or not. I just asked you. However, it is possible to so, be so involved in good works that we hardly ever slow down long enough to spend time with the Lord. Read his word and listen to what the Spirit has to say. Sometimes it's just a case of this life that pulls us away from the Holy Spirit. We can get so busy and committed to doing things, even good things, our continual busyness deteriorates our spiritual life. Amazing as it is, good things, if taken to an extreme, becomes an adulteress in the eyes of the Lord. Only he knows how to balance us. We have to open our hearts and spiritual ears to listen to his counsel. That's why it's so crucial to set aside time every day to be with him. Don't tell yourself you have too much to do to spend time with the Lord. When it comes down to it, you basically are doing what you want to do. If you have in communion with the Holy Spirit as a priority, you will make time for him. Now, a lot of people say, well, I was pretty busy. I want to be real ugly and say, well, you're a liar, but I don't say that. I just say, that's not, that's not true. When Lisa and I were dating, isn't it amazing how every day I found time for her? 
and I never looked at my watch. Man, how long have we been here together today? When are you going to go home? I usually said things like this. When am I going to get to keep you? Okay. Are you all okay? Okay. I said all that because there are gifts and he, 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 he. He's a person. And you can't go through, I have the gift of the word of knowledge. No, you have the Holy Ghost. And as you're walking with him, he will give you the gifts as he sees fit. When, when I see people operating in one gift all the time, there's something wrong with them. Don't shout me down. You are not having 25 words of knowledge a day. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. If he's talking to you that much, why aren't you living right? Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Listen, the gifts of the Spirit is not a stamp of approval of maturity on you. That does, you don't validate your Christianity because you have a gift. Amen. I have a word for you. I have one for you. I have one for you. Here, it's in the Bible. Now, you can love, you, you, but, that's, but see, that happens in churches when you start teaching on the gift of the Spirit. Next thing you know, people, and I've had people do this, so don't, don't throw anything at me. They'll, they'll walk up, Pastor, um, I have a word for the church this morning. Well, wonderful. Go sit down. Listen to me. You don't have a right to hijack a church service. Especially since I hadn't seen you in a month. Are y'all listening? The, the, the things people do, oh, they're, they're crazy. So you start teaching on the gifts of spirit, and next thing you know, you got a bunch of spiritual people running around, and everybody wants to take over the church. Boy, this is good, isn't it? I'm just going to nail, nail you high to the wall real good tonight. Listen, you might have a word, and we want, we want people to stand up, but don't walk up here with your Bible open. I'll just kindly be, I'll be kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. You sit right there, and we'll pray for a couple of months and see whether we want to let you do this or not. Now, there, there are times when you do have a legitimate word, but you have to train people. And I'm not going to let you come up unless I know you real good. And I'm going to say something else right now, and I'm, I'm in trouble, so I might as well go ahead. If I correct you and you can't be corrected, I don't care if you had an angel appear to you and talk to you. Are you all listening to me? There's a thing called grow up. Y'all have kids. All y'all have kids. And whether you, you don't, you don't, you love all your kids the same, but you don't trust them all the same. You better not. They're going to approve. When Justin was a boy, I took him hunting, and he had a little shotgun. He had a little 410 single shot Harrington and Richardson shotgun. And I would take him hunting every year. We'd go deer hunting. And one day, we were down in the woods. He says, I want to go back to camp. 
And, he's, and up until that, I, I never let him out of my sight with a gun. But over the two or three years I've taken him, he minded me to a T. In other words, I knew if he said he would do something, that's what he would do. He said, can I take my gun? I said, yes, you can. On the way back to camp, he sat on a rock and started playing with a dough and heat call. <laughs> and turned around and there's a spike buck about 10 yards just looking at him because he's thinking, you don't look like a doe to me. And so Justin just picks up his shotgun, turns and shoots the deer. And so I'm glad. But, he, but listen, when you hand a kid, how old were you, 12, 14? When you had a kid a gun, there's, there's a place that they've earned your trust. Plus, we're in the middle of the woods. There's not a lot he can destroy with a 410. I mean, y'all, especially if he just has one bullet, you know, like Barney Fife, okay? So I hear this gun go boom, and I went, okay. Went up there, and he goes, Dad, Dad, I shot a deer. And it was a miracle that we found that deer. It really was. We looked everywhere and couldn't find it. We went to camp and gave up on gave up on finding the deer. And on the way out of Graves' property, I saw, was it a buzzard in a tree? It was a buzzard in a tree. And I said, stop, Justin. We went to the tree where the buzzard was and looked down below the deer laying there. And I went, thank you, God, for the buzzard. We found his deer. So, <laughs> But anyway, I said that because why would we not... Why would we not want people to prove that they're trustworthy? Because here's another problem. There's baby Christians in this church, and they hear you get up in my pulpit, they think you're mature. And then you act like a fruitcake, and they follow you. Well, I know sister so-and-so, she loved the Lord, she prophesied. She's a fruitcake, but you're following her around like she's apostle dooflopit or something. So you can't let everybody who wants to prophesy come up, even though they might have a word. Boy, you're going to get started or nothing. Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 real quick. Well, if you didn't like that, just uh, hallelujah anyway. I'm trying to get you ready because I want you, I'm going to start teaching you how to operate the gifts of the Spirit, but I also want you to do things in order. I want you to be decent about it. I want you, I don't want this church to turn into a bunch of fruitcakes. Because I'm going to tell you something, they already talk about us outside this room. I mean, they already talk about us running and jumping and hollering. And you start barking like dogs. And I'm going to come over and go, give me the interpretation of that because I think it's you want some Alpo. I'm not sure what you're after. So, you know. <laughs> All right. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I think that's what I said. Yeah, but I'm looking at something. 417. This I say and testify in the Lord, you no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk. 
having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who are past feelings have given themselves to lewdness to work all in cleanliness and greediness. You have not so learned Christ. If indeed you've heard and been taught by him and the truth is in us that you put off. You need to put off your former conduct. Get rid of it. Put it away. Get it out of your life. That's called holiness. The old man that grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and you put on the new man. That means you start acting right. You start planning. You read your Bible to do it. And you, you grow up and quit acting like a little heathen. You create in, in God in true holy, righteousness and holiness. Put away lying. Let each one speak truth to his neighbor for our members of one another. Be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. If you're stole in the past, don't steal anymore. Labor, work with your hands so you have something to give. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what's good to edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So it is possible to grieve the Holy Ghost. It's possible. And, and I've never heard, you don't hear people preach on this. They're always preaching on who you are in Christ, what belongs to you, how much God loves you, and all that's good. But, but the truth is, there are times when he's grieved. Now, Sunday morning, I had a hard time preaching. I came in, and I knew that stuff was bugging him. And I'm going to tell you all what it is. When I see teenagers from now on on the phone and, and horsing around, I'm going to stop them in the service. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to walk up and go. You will pay attention. Um, and if I see you on the phone, if you're not on Bible app, then I'm going to hand it to your parents. If your parents aren't here, I'm going to hand it to your sister. If your sister's not here, I'm just going to be kind to you and ask you to put it away. And then I'm going to call your parents. Y'all, listen, there, we, we've gotten to where we take church very loose, very lax, very... And then you want the, God to move. You don't want him to move. Somebody's going to drop dead. Are y'all okay? He, he doesn't like every service. Every service is not, woo, Jesus. It's not that way. Some services are going to get a little tough. And, and, and I, I, all, I actually cringe when I know I'm going to preach a tough sermon. I cringe because I know. There's going to be people here, well, I'm going to find me another church. And I, and I have to be good with it. I have to go, okay, Jesus, thank you for thinning the church up. Okay, or helping me. There's also another idea that, that, that if you're, going, you're a real pastor, you look like Joel Osteen all the time. I'm going to have y'all, I'm going to ask y'all a question. As a parent, do you walk around your house acting sweet, kind, like, tiny Tim all the time, even around your kids. Why do you think I should do that in church? Are y'all all right? Holy Ghost, he don't like everything. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Now, he just told you what grieves him. Let all bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor. What is clamor? It's hollering at each other. Uh, it's spouses hollering at each other. Well, don't get mad at me. 
It got real quiet. That's called one of those things that you don't like. It's, listen, you, you can learn to talk. If they're not listening to you, then you may, listen, just because you scream it doesn't make it more valid. I used to be that way. I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth. That was, that was one area that Pastor Darrell had to get over. Because I had a tendency that if you didn't listen, I'm going, I said. I brought you in the world. I will take you out. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have learned that I can be nice. You know, a cop can give you a ticket smiling. And I've learned I spank my kids smiling. Come in the room. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bam. Love you. Have a wonderful day. If you cry anymore, I'm going to give you another one. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> Took a while. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed to the day of religion. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. He doesn't like everything everybody's doing. All right, now I'm, I'm saying all that because i got to get to this other thing right here. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. I may never, never even get to the gift of faith, but I'll try. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Let me read it off the screen. Don't quench the spirit. Don't quench him. Now, how do you do that? I don't know whether you guys know this or not, but there's times that I'll get on a subject and the people in the room will put the brakes on me. We're not going there. And the Holy Ghost is talking. And I don't want to hear it. Now, you've had your kids do that. I don't want to hear it. That's not a thing to say to your parents. If you want to live long on the earth. <laughs> I saw something on Facebook the other day. It says, what's wrong with America? I had a mom out there in the backyard with a switch tearing the kid up. And I, and, it, and I wanted to go, amen, honey. All right. All right. Um, John 14, 21. I want to show you this. Boy, we, we, we're not going to get into the gift of faith too much tonight. We will a little bit, but it's, it's okay. 1421, I want you to look at this. Go there, because I want you to see this in your Bible. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I'll manifest myself to him. He's not manifesting to everybody. I'll come over here and preach. I'm like, I like this section of here. There are services he's not going to show up. So I'm going to say something. I want you all to listen to me. Why would he give you a word of knowledge? You're not doing anything he says anyway. You stop, you stop obeying him, he'll stop talking to you. I want to know why. I never had a word of knowledge. Well, you just told on yourself. He don't talk to smart people. If you already know everything, he ain't talking to you. He manifests 
where you love him. A loving, that means you're reading your Bible, you're obeying God. I'm not saying you're a perfect person, but I'm saying your heart's right, you're living for God, you're walking with the Holy Ghost, and he'll start talking to you. He'll start showing you all kinds of stuff. But if he stops talking to you, you might want to come back and go, I missed something. 1 Corinthians 14, 21, and then we'll, we'll get on to the gifts of the Spirit again after we've run out of all of our time. We'll get around to it. 14.21. It says, It is written in the law, With men of other tongues and another lip, I will speak to this people. He's talking about tongues. And yet, for all of that, they still won't listen to me. I'm talking about people filled with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues. That you're walking around with God in you, and he says, and still, after all that I've done, they still don't listen. So it's very, very important for you and I to understand that when we start talking about the gifts of the Spirit, you're talking about a person. You have a relationship with a person. And, and you, need to, you, need to, you need to have a good relationship with the Holy Ghost before you start going, I want to operate in the gifts. Because when Justin looks at me and says, Dad, I want a new gun, I'm going to make sure he took care of the other one. I'm buying you a new gun. I mean, you want a new shotgun. You, you, you didn't obey me with a 410. I ain't buying you nothing else. You, you know, Mary Friend's dad bought her a car. She told us this story, and she doesn't mind me telling this. And he said, if I ever see you misusing it, I'll take it away from you. Well, she told me the story. I think it was uh, a little stick shift, and she got out in front of the yard one day, in front of the neighbors, and she decided to smoke the tires, and she did. I mean, she squealed them, wow, okay? Well, the neighbors came over to Mary Fran's dad and said, your daughter was out there laying rubber on the road today. So whenever she got home that night, he looked and said, Mary Fran, where's the keys? Took the car, never gave her back to her. Said, next one, you buy it. You think God is like that? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I'm doing a good job. And y'all are not. Okay. God wants to know you're listening. He wants to know you're walking with him. He wants to know you're obeying him. He'll give you anything. But he's not going to give everybody anything. You may live and die and never experience most of this Bible because you've already made up your mind, I ain't doing that. And he's moving. You know, that's why in some churches they say, well, we never have healings in our church. Right. Well, we never have all that in our church. Right. That's not a testament to, it's, that, that's not a good thing you're saying. That's a, you just told own yourself real bad and don't know it. Because if he doesn't like your church, he ain't coming. Are y'all okay? It's an awesome thing to walk with God. Now, let's get into the gifts of spirit. We don't have a lot of time. The gift, when it says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The gift of faith is not a natural faith that you were given at the new birth when he says that you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself as a gift of God, Ephesians 2.8. That word is pointing back to the word faith, not the gift, not the grace. 
God gave you faith when you got born again. Faith comes by hearing. When you hear the word of God on redemption, there is a faith that comes in that. That's not, the gift of faith is not that. The gift of faith is always a time in your life where you've got to say something and pray something past your ability to produce faith for that. Are y'all listening to me? For instance, um, years ago, and I told the story several times, and, and, and it bears repeating again. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, one Mary friend. What's her name, Betty May? Um, yeah, out of... Uh, church in Nashville. Anyway, um, hmm? not Cindy. I'll think of her in a minute. I don't know why I didn't. But anyway, she came. To, she called me on the phone. She says, "What are you going to do about that hurricane?" And it really aggravated me. I said, "Well, I'm not going to do anything about the hurricane." You know, I, I don't like people calling me and thinking that somehow or another I've got this magic wand. And uh, and so they called me. My mother called me, and she aggravated me more. She says, what are you going to do about that hurricane? I said, I want to, Mom, I won't do anything about that hurricane. And there were hurricanes. I think we'd had two or three that year. And, the, and this one was sitting off of West, West Palm Beach. And this is their thinking. And they might be right. I don't know. But because you live in Florida. But see, we're not talking about a hurricane hitting my house. I got authority over my house. I don't need a gift of faith for that. Y'all got that? I got faith in the word. No weapon formed against me to prosper. So I have scripture for that so I can have faith for that. But, 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 you, but you can't use natural faith to stop a hurricane from hitting Florida. And you can't do it unless he says you can do it. So I'm coming around um, um, Welch Road up here, around where the school is now. And I'm coming around the corner, I think not Welch, but Poncan. And I come around the corner and I said to God, I said, you know people are going to die. That's all I said. I'm, I'm talking out loud. I'm praying out loud in my, in my truck. And then he said to me, tell it to slow down. Now, what did he say? Did he say stop it? I wanted him to say stop it. He didn't say stop it. He didn't give me permission to stop it. But when he said those words to me, he gave me his faith. The same faith he spoke the world into it. And when it comes on you, you know you're fixing to say something and it's going to happen. And so I'm coming around the corner and he said, tell it to slow down. I looked, in my, I looked out the window. I don't know how to explain this to y'all. But I saw the hurricane and it had eyes. It had a mouth. It, it had a face. It had a, it had a name. It, was a, it had a personality. And I saw it. And I said, in Jesus' name, slow down. And then I just came to church. When I got in here, Barbara was in the office, and she was listening to Z88.3. And I didn't think anything about it. I just said, slow down. When, she, when I got in the office, she said, Pastor, you're not going to believe what just happened. That Category 3, almost a 4 hurricane, just went down to a 1 instantly in a nanosecond. 
and they're on the radio going, whoa, what happened? Whoa, what happened? Whoa, what happened? And it sat out there for a whole 24 hours and didn't move. And then it came in. Now, he said something to me, and I don't know how to put it in English. It's coming because they're not obeying me. But he, he'll, because I, I said to him, you know people will die. And so he gave me a moment gift of faith. Now, how many other hurricanes have I run around and spoke to? None. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Because we've never really understood this. This is all over your Bible. Um, let me ask you all a question, and I'm going to upset you greatly. Did Jesus speak to storms? Why didn't Paul? It is a good question. Because most people assume that you can just walk around talking to every storm that comes. You you cannot build your faith to do that. All right, I'm going to prove it to you. What gym did Samson go to? The Lord's gym. All right. In the natural, it is possible to build your muscles, isn't it? How many people have you ever met that grabbed the lion by the top jaw and the bottom and ripped him like toilet paper? That's not natural. That, that is not protein. I'll come over here and preach. You didn't get that. Whenever there's a job that you've got to do and God gives it to you to do, and it's going to take something more than you are able to use your faith for, that is the reason why there are people who come in and get in a line, and if God doesn't say something to the preacher, he is going to operate on, on the gift of faith. I mean, not the gift of faith, but on the gifts of the healing. See, a natural miracle is for the person, but, a, but, a, but a, all the gift of faith will always manifest in a miracle. But it'll be a miracle like Joshua telling the sun to stand still. He didn't develop his faith and start with little things. Do you all understand that? You can develop your faith to where you're praying for the flu and then you're praying for headaches and you're praying for your, your joints that are out of, you know, you can develop your faith to where it'll increase. You can, you can develop your faith in finances to where you're making, you know, $10,000 a year and $20,000 a year, $100,000 a year. But when you speak to a million dollars and it comes in the mail next week, most of the time, that anything you did. Amen. I had a time here in the church when I was praying and, um, and I think Betty was there, and I don't remember who all. We were in the old building, and we would sit around, and I would always sit down like an Indian across my leg and just praying the Holy Ghost. Well, I looked up, and I saw a dollar bill standing in front of me with a beach towel. It's so weird when, when you almost have to, you have to watch who you tell because they'll think, that, that preacher over there, he's, he talks to dollar bills in beach and the, with a beach towel. He's, I think he's crazy. You know, he must be smoking something. But anyway, so I'm standing there, and I'm, and I'm sitting there, and I'm praying. I looked up, there's a dollar bill with a beach towel. And, um, and, I, and I looked at him, and I said, where are you going? He said, well, I was going to go to the beach. And I said, you come to me in Jesus' name. He said, well, I don't want to. I said, well, you're coming. He said, well, if you say so, I will. And then, and then I was at, that, the vision was over. 
right after that, a lady walked up and wrote me a check for $20,000 for this building. Now, I tried it again next week. It didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go, oh, let's do the dollar bill one more time, Jesus. I want another beach towel. Hallelujah. But that, that, now that happened. Now, during that time, we had several people write checks, $10,000, $20,000. But it was all God. But if I could do that, I'd do it all the time. Boy. You know, one day I think I'm going to get on television. I will, I, I, I'm will, I will tick off about half the preachers in this nation. Today, if you'll send $2,018 to this church, the Lord shows me everybody in your house will get saved. You're a lying devil. That's not true. Just the gimmicks people use to raise money is a boy. You're talking about the God. God can't stand it. Anyway, if He tells you to do something, He'll give you the ability to do it. And if He doesn't, He won't. Now I'm gonna say something else, y'all. Y'all listen to me. He asked me to pastor this church. There is a grace, even though I really am not qualified for this job. If y'all hadn't figured that out, you hadn't been going long. But there's a grace on me because he said do it. So you're seeing him do things, and it isn't me. Because I tried this other places, and it didn't work. I had my own evangelistic association one time. I got three places to preach in one year, took up one offering, and I think I got about 50 bucks in one solid year of my own ministry. Just to understand, God didn't kiss it. Are you all understanding that? When he told me to take this church, I didn't want to, but he's kissed it. And I said, okay, wherever you're kissing, I'm staying. And you need to learn to do the same thing. Okay. Uh, I, I jumped over that one um, real quick. How are we doing for time? We're doing good. We're going to get through this. Um, First Kings 17, go over there, and I'll show you a couple of places where the gift of faith is in operation. Jesus speaking to the, to the sea was the gift of faith in operation. I know that people say, I don't agree with that. Well, then go out and talk to the next storm, and we'll sit and watch you. Now, it's different when it's at your house. Because even though the, the last hurricane came, the tree in my front yard fell away from the house. The other tree fell away from the house, and the oak tree fell on the pump and didn't hurt it. How do you get a whole oak tree to fall on a pool pump and don't damage it? There's a God. But we were praying over our house. Not a shingle missing. Three trees gone. But less Lisa's fault. Ever since she put her pool in, every time that tree drops leaves in the spring, 
she walks out and goes, I hate that tree. I love the tree. It's beautiful, but I hate it. I hate cleaning up. And so when it finally blew down, I said, you, you ought to watch what you say to your trees in the yard, honey. You can't be walking around cursing them. They're going to fall down in a hurricane. So anyway, but I'm the one that got rid of the one in the front yard because I kept saying to myself, that thing's going to be a problem someday. It's going to tear up all the pavers, and it's going to tear up the slab. And, and so at the hurricane, they came down because I'm talking bad about them. But thank God, nothing, there was no damage done to our home. So I have authority over that. Do you all understand that? But Okay, all right. Let me look at this other one because I got, I got 10 minutes. 1 Kings 17, Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God lives on whom I stand, there will not be due or rain these years except at my word. Look at verse 2. And the word of the Lord came saying. Where did he get the gift? Where is the gift of faith come from? It came with the word. When the Lord said to me, take that church. The gift of faith came into operation when he gave me the word. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you will drink from the brook. I've, I have commanded. Say that with me. I commanded the ravens to feed you there. So it's not natural faith to get birds to steal steak off the king's table and bring it to you. And if he could have done it on his own faith, he'd have done it every day of his life for the rest of his life. But he couldn't do it. Remember what we read? It's as the Spirit wills. Now, I want you to get this. There are things your faith can do. My God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, now that you can use your faith for that and not ever go hungry. Do you understand that? But in order to tell a bird to bring food to you is going to be God saying it. And once he says it, you can, I mean, they'll bring you, uh, you know, filet mignon. I hope you I, I know this is helping. I know it is. Because this is, and I've had people say, I said it and it didn't work. Well, either if it's in your redemption, meditate in the word till it becomes real to you. But if it's not in redemption, you're going to need the Holy Ghost to tell you to do that. Okay. 2 Kings 4, and I think we can begin to wind down. 4.1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah and said, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know your servant feared the Lord. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for her? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, Nothing. Your maidservant has nothing but a jar of oil. And he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, and all your neighbor empty vessels, and do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you will shut the door behind you and your sons and pour in the vessels and set aside the full ones. She went and did that, and all the vessels were full, and she paid off her debtors. I'm just going real fast. Now, that was also the gift of faith because he said, Do that. When Jesus said, take these water pots and fill them with water, that's a gift of faith and operation because that's not the normal way you'd make wine. So I'm going to give you all a little hint here. Why does God do it one way one time and not the other? In the Old Testament, did you notice that the food ran out when they stepped in the promised land? There is a grace on you 
when you have no other means. But he's not. I had God give me a lot of stuff when I first got saved because I had no job. I had no sense. But once I got a job, I quit getting supernatural money in the mail. And then he started giving me extra work. And you sort of think, I prayed for money and all I got was a second job. And then you hear the guy on TV, he prayed and money came in the mail. Well, that's because he's doing something for the Lord. That's not his money. Boy. So there is a time when you have supernatural provision, and it's only because there's no other way for you to get it. But once there is a way for you to get it, then the supernatural provision will end. I know y'all know that. That's why people have a problem. They go, well, I don't know why this doesn't work for me. Well, it is working for you. Because right after I went through that time where God did all these supernatural things for me, after when I got to Tulsa, every time he wanted to give me money, he gave me extra work. And it's been that way ever since. Except, let me just give you another example. One day he said to me, I want you to go to India. I said, I don't want to go to India. He said, but I want you to go to India. I said, okay, I'll go. I said, but you're going to need to pay the bills. I don't, I, don't have the kind of, I don't have that kind of money. I cannot as a pastor go out and get a side job so I can go to India for God. So I had a lady call me on the phone like two days later, and she said, Pastor Darrell Morgan, do you need $5,000? I said, yes. She said, well, the Lord laid it on my heart to write you a check. And I said, that's God. And so I, I went to her house. She gave me the money, and I came home with India. Now, you say, I want that to happen to me. Well, then go to India. I didn't get to spend that. He didn't give me that money to buy myself a new boat. He gave me that to go to India. So the next time I'm praying for $5,000, if I don't need it, then it ain't coming. Or if I'm going to, okay, never mind. Is this helping you all a little bit? Because we kind of have this idea that this is push a button, pull a lever, and the money comes out of the slot machine. It's not so. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Joshua 10.1, we'll close with that. we got three minutes left, four minutes left. I'll just watch it off the screen. I'll just read it to you. God told Joshua to take the promised land. Now, he's under commandment from God. He gets attacked by four cities. They had the idea that if a lot of us attack him, we can beat him. But God is the one who told him to take the land. So it doesn't matter whether it's four or 4,000. So during this time, there's a scripture in the Bible that says whenever you defeat a king, you've got to hang him on a tree. The minute you take the king, which is the head of the, of the town, and you lift his feet off the ground and hang him in a tree, the curse comes off the soil and off the land and onto the king. That is why Jesus had to go to the cross and have his feet lifted off the soil and died on a tree so the curse would come on him and not on you. But now Joshua has four kings, but the war is not over and he's out of daylight. Do you all understand this now? So he turns to the sun and he says, sun, stand still. 
Now, when's the last time you just went out and stopped the rotation of the earth with your faith? And you're not ever going to do it unless God says you can do it. But he had a, a scriptural precedent for it, and the Holy Ghost led him to speak to it. And I don't know, did you, you know, you, you have to stop. Did the earth quit spinning and it just kept going around? I don't know. And why didn't everybody float off? It's weird, right? I mean, you're kind of going, I know what's holding people down. It's the rotation of the earth and gravity and the whole nine yards. But that had to stop. So it says, when the day of the Lord, he, he said in the sight of Israel, sun stands still over Gibeon and moved in the valley of Echor. And for 24 hours, the sun didn't go down. Because if, he, if it had gone down, the curse would have remained on the land. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying about the gift of faith? It, this is not gifts you're walking around with in your pocket. This is because you're obeying God, you're doing what he told you to do, and when your faith runs out, he will give you the ability to do what is not natural. And it's, it's awesome. You can't raise the dead. I've raised two people from the dead. You can't raise the dead without the gift of faith. So you can't walk around to every dead guy. Y'all got time for one more? We got 60 seconds. Smith Wigglesworth, and I was reading the story of him, and I wish I'd have brought it with me. But he was praying in, um, in a woman's house for, uh, in, a, in a house, for, and there was a woman there. And while he was in the bedroom or down, no, downstairs praying, she died. And the people in the house said, Smith, stop, she's dead. Smith, stop, she's dead. Well, that made Smith mad. And he said, it seems to me as though I reached into heaven and grabbed a faith that wasn't mine. And I went upstairs. Now, don't do this without the gift of faith. And I grabbed the dead woman and I shoved her up against the wall and commanded her to walk. She fell down. He grabbed her up again and stuck her up against the wall and said, I said, walk. I think it was the third time that she coughed, sneezed, opened her eyes, and walked away. Now, if God doesn't tell you to do it, don't do it. Now, I've had things happen in this church, and I'm going to tell you all one of them. It doesn't happen very often. When it happens, you're going to see it. I think it was Kurt. I remember the last time that I was prayed for Kurt. The Lord said, hit him. Just smack the fire out of him. And I remember Smith making a statement that says, I don't hit people, I hit devils. That The people get in my way. <laughs> now, I know for a fact that he got healed when I hit him. Don't go around smacking people unless God says smack them. But if it says smack them, smack the fire out of them. But don't go, don't, you don't run around with, I have a smacking people anointing now and hitting everybody I meet. I've only had that happen like two or three times in 40 years. That he's actually told me to slap somebody. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. I have felt like slapping more than that, but it wasn't God. But you know, you'll be in the line here and he'll say something to you. And, and uh, like the guy in India, I'll tell you who it was, it was Harley Fiddler. Harley Fielder just stone cold dropped dead in a chair next, sitting next to me. And I said, Lord, what? And he says, tell him to come back. Well, you don't, you don't want to think about it. 
If you think about it, you're going to talk yourself out of this. So I just turned to him real fast and just slapped him in the chest and said, I said in Jesus' name, you come back. And I snatched him up out of that chair. And his, his arms were like chicken you get out of Publix. They're cold and clammy. His whole body had go. He limped down in his seat and turned cold like an old dead chicken. And I didn't, I didn't have time to think. He said, tell him to come back. When he says it, the faith's there to do it. And then I did it, and he, he said, I don't feel good. And I said, no joke, brother. <laughs> and he had dehydrated because he'd gotten the bug or something like that. Are you all okay with all this? Does this help you all? Does this? I'm trying my best to teach you, and I'm kind of going over two different areas at one time. And one of them is you walking with the Holy Ghost. And the other one is you being used by him with the gifts of the Spirit. And, I, and guys, it's powerful. to and, and I want to see this church start seeing a lot more of the gifts of the Spirit. So I want to soon start teaching you how to step out in faith and obey God. It'll take your faith stepping out. And, and we'll probably have times when I'll just let you operate in the gifts and tongues interpretation and prophecy in the church and let you get used to operating with him. And if you mess up, it's okay. We're all family. But I'm trying to get you to the place where you understand that God still wants your heart, not you just walking around with new bullets in your gun. Do you all see that? Okay. When that happens, there's going to be things you'll say and do. But stay humble. If you have something for someone, tell them it's possible that I'm wrong. Don't, don't, don't get haughty. I have a word for you. Well, you. And you say, is that the Lord? And they go, no. Well, it might not have been the Lord. You, you stay a little humble. Don't. And God will use you a lot if you'll just not take the credit for God. Okay, does that help you all? And you'd be surprised. You may, you may talk to a few hurricanes this year. I don't, it doesn't, it, listen. I'm believing to see a lot of things happen in this church and watching God use y'all in a mighty way. Well, don't walk out and write a book about it. I have a hurricane anointing. I'm now a prophet. Don't do that. Okay, are y'all okay? I'm done. I'm done. I'm past done. I'm sorry. Father God, thank you for the opportunity tonight to share the word. Holy Spirit, you are a person. And I thank you that you live in each of us and you love each of us. I've done the best I know to try to introduce them to you as a person. I've also done the best I know to teach them about the gifts that you said we're to desire. And we're to covet these things. And I pray, Father God, for a church where the gifts of the Spirit begin to work. And we will get into that and trust you to, to lead us and guide us and show us how to walk in these gifts. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful night. I'll see you back here Sunday. And it'll be better than last Sunday, I promise. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.